0: I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.
1: Welcome back, guys, to Beyond Bikini Radio. I am super excited for today's Guest, we have Kendall on today, or better known as Fears to Fit. What's going on, Kendall? Hi! Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super
2: excited. Yes.
1: Yeah, so Kendall is a online. So you're an online coach, right? And you're coaching yes. both business and fitness. Yeah. So I do
2: both fitness coaching and business coaching.
1: And what are you currently pursuing right now when it comes to like your training and nutrition, and also just business-wise?
2: Yeah. Wow loaded question okay so as far as it goes training wise um my goal right now honestly with both business and fitness is to just be in a good place um have balance for sure so with training i'm actually focusing on the sport of jujitsu so all of my weight training as well as my nutrition is geared towards sport performance in my combat sport um as far as it goes with my business right now um we're kind of self-run in terms of i work with Um, Two other amazing women who are both 21 years old. Um, I have an assistant coach and an assistant, and they do um, work alongside me. So we are just basically uh, running our Transform for Life program, which we launch every three months to bring on new one-on-one fitness clients. And then also, um, I have an evergreen one-on-one coaching program now called Elevate, which is my business mentorship program, which basically teaches people who are kind of generating leads already with their business um, as online coaches or online fitness coaches specifically, Um, really just helping them gain more structure in their business so that they're able to scale long term and just free up more of their time. So that takes a lot of my time up. So basically, right now, um, I just train jujitsu, weight train and work and hang out with my friends. So life I really don't have any complaints about, you know, it's going pretty well.
1: Yeah, Kendall has been producing so much good content for a long time. And when I started following you, I would look at you and I'm like, she is so young. And she's just like running a business and prepping for shows and doing all the things. Um, I just feel like you never stop.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, like this year was my year to chill a little bit. Let me tell you, because you're so right. I was on the go like 24 seven. Yeah,
1: that was my previous self for sure. Yeah. So one question I'd love to ask you and for our listeners is like, what even got you involved with fitness and wanting to compete? Because you have competed in bikini competitions before and um, beyond Bikini radio, we talk about competing, but we also talk about how we are more than just competing as well. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, of
2: course. So I started fitness basically when I was 15 years old. I joined my track team in school. I actually got cut from my volleyball team and joined track. Um, I noticed like, you know, a little bit of results. I stayed eating the same, but obviously you add in that caloric expenditure with running so much that I started to lose a little bit of body fat. And I was kind of like, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is a super pivotal moment for me. So I started like, you know, what the coach tells you, eat nutritious, like foods, blah, blah, blah. Well, I actually kind of swung the pendulum a little bit too far in the sense that I actually became obsessed with exercising and excessively clean eating. So um I developed what's called and I was never formally diagnosed with I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, but my parents and me, we both believe it was orthorexia, which basically just obsessive compulsive disorder towards exercise as well as restrictively clean eating. Um that followed me pretty much throughout my high school career. I got cut from my sports teams. From the guidance counselor's office, told me I wasn't allowed to join the sports teams anymore. Um, my parents cut me off from working out and training. And long story short, um, I did recover. It took a lot of work. Took a lot of support from my family. Um, and the one thing that actually really helped me was my best guy friend. His dad was Mr. New Jersey for a classic physique, you know, way back in the day. And he was really interested in bodybuilding shows. And he's like, you know, Kendall, like if you just focus on fueling your body, you know, you can put on weight, but you can do it in a really healthy way. And I always saw these girls on Instagram, which actually this kind of propelled me into my eating disorder even further, girls who were, you know, two, three weeks out from a bikini show, eating tilapia and asparagus and me being like, Oh, obviously, that's what I need to eat to get look like them, you know, to look like them, which Mm -hmm. I didn't think about the whole entire process of, you know, them going through a bulking phase, putting on muscle, all of that stuff. So um I was like okay like I'm gonna take this seriously I'm gonna recover and get back to you know working out but in a different style so started more of the you know aesthetics bodybuilding type of lifting with my friend Um, we literally lifted in his basement after school every day because at this point I still wasn't even allowed to train and you know my parents started noticing like oh wow you're starting to gain like a little bit of weight and I was super happy because I knew it was going on in a way that, you know, I was also gaining body fat, of course, I needed to, um, but I just felt way more comfortable eating. So from there, um, I did end up wanting to compete before I turned 19. It was just like this radical goal that I had for some reason, it just had to be before I turned 19 years old. So young. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I was only maybe eight months recovered from an eating disorder and hopped on stage. Um, Believe it or not, I actually, I worked with a coach, you know, my first prep, um, throughout this whole time, I also was running my Instagram page. So I had just started my Instagram like a year prior. Um, so I shared my entire prep journey. So my OG followers, I don't know if your audience, you know, any Mm -hmm. of them are OG followers, but you guys know you saw my first prep, saw me through my first year of college before I dropped out, um, which is when I did my first prep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I still took fourth place even though I was like really, really small. Um, I did an amazing reverse diet with my coach, Nick Medina at the time and then I competed again the following year. Um, A lot happened in that year though. Um, I don't know how much I could really give at once. Maybe we can come back to it but I did like drop out of school that year. I moved across the country that year. Um, I started my online coaching business that year and also did my second prep. That's when I turned 19. Um, So that was like a really packed year for me. So I basically got into the world of bodybuilding um via my best friend who you know had a love and a passion for it and when I realized what it could do for my body and for my mindset I was like wow this is you know going to be my direct path for the rest of my life and I knew fitness was always something that I would pursue after I you know got into it with with lifting and bodybuilding.
1: Yeah I think that story is so incredible and the fact that your parents had your back and your friends had your back on wanting to see you be healthy and thrive is it's it's really impactful and I went through something similar where I would rely on running and restricting my calories and trying to be as small as possible like I feel like we're roughly around the same age and when we were in high school like the big thing was like being small and having a thigh gap, and Mm -hmm. Instagram was just starting and all the comparison was going on and when I was getting into the depths of my eating disorder what pulled me out of it was realizing my friends and family were noticing, which, you know, didn't make you feel good. You wanted to be healthy and strong for them. And I didn't know another version of that outside of sports and with, you know, graduation coming up, um, you kind of lose your identity and competing can give you something to strive for again. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And that's awesome that you were able to, you know, bounce back as well. Helps to have that support.
1: Absolutely. So, With competing and coaching, um, how did you like bring those two together? Were you using your preps as like a way of structure or producing content? I'd love to hear a little bit more about like the business side and how competing helped you.
2: Yeah, of course. So I definitely, definitely did not incorporate competing into how I would get clients for my business coach or for one-on-one coaching. Um, I think they go totally separate because I am a, a lifestyle coach. I preach Longevity. I preach sustainability, and as you know, not bashing the bikini industry, like the the bodybuilding industry, but it's obviously not sustainable. It's also not healthy. I knew that when I was competing. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically got my NASM certification when I turned 18, like literally the day I turned 18, because I actually studied via online programs um, and like flashcards on Quizlet. Like I was such a nerd all throughout the time I was 17. Um, And so when I took my test, I started uh, like training people locally at uh, a really small gym that I was just bringing my friends into. And as more people saw me training them, they were like, oh, cool. Like this girl obviously trains people. Um, I also at the same time, you know, started my Instagram platform. I would share like my whole life pretty much on my Instagram, even though I only had like maybe six or seven thousand followers, which granted this was back in like 2015. So back then, that's actually a big following not mm-hmm. many people had instagram um a few girls started reaching out to me like oh i see that you train in person like can you do this like could you train me i'm like well you live in switzerland like no <laughs> I don't know how- my first client literally was from switzerland um and so people started reaching out to me about you know giving them programs I was like oh, i guess i can you a program i will like charge you like 25 or something like that i was like oh wow i can actually like make this a thing what um And then I started, you know, developing more of like a program and I would take clients on -on one-on-one competing. Now, what I will say about competing, if you go and I made an IGTV about this not too long ago, if you go through like a NASM cert or something like that, it's not going to give you all the tools you need to be an online coach. Mm -hmm. There's so much more that goes into learning about hormones, learning about stress levels, sleep, you know, all, all the different styles of programming, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think what competing really did for me, because I did track macros, I worked very one-on-one with a very educated coach. Um, it got me a lot of experience to understand more about the body, to experiment more with my my own body, which could reflect onto, you know, my future clients as well. Um, and, of course, it gave me a huge passion for fitness and for training. So, I would say all in all, like I never, ever would say I would uh, regret my, my competition days. I, I obviously don't compete now, um, but or at least not in bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't compete now, but I don't regret it for a minute because one, I absolutely loved the stage. I loved the process. And I think definitely a lot of what I learned about my own body is applicable to my current clients and my business just in terms of like macro tracking and understanding you know, portions with food and, and all that different kind of stuff. So yeah, I would definitely say competing helped me towards um, at least learning more for my own business.
1: Yeah. And I, I, myself with um, competing, I would look at my body almost like a science experiment and you get to learn so much about yourself through those changes and you have to do your research though, as a competitor, again, competing is not healthy. Like you shouldn't compete for your goal body Um, But it is captivating and unfortunately with Instagram, people love extremes and they love to watch a competitor get stage lean and it can be Mm -hmm. really easy to get stuck in that cycle of I have to compete to like get people to pay attention to me to get clients, which if you feel like you need to do that, honestly, your client or whoever you think you want to work with probably isn't a good fit for you. You want to work with the people who want to learn from you and aren't just wanting to like Be your body.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how I felt myself too.
1: Yeah. So with coaching, um, I think it's awesome too that you talked about how when you first started with your business, you were charging like what, like twenty five dollars a month? Just something so minimal. Yeah. And yeah, and it, it takes time. And I myself, when I first started, I remember coaching people for free, and then I realized that I'm actually providing a service and um, it's requiring a lot of time and I need to be reimbursed for that. But I used to start like at a super low level. I think it was like 35 bucks a month. <laughs> um,
2: wow, yeah. there's
1: nothing you can live off of in college or whatsoever. But I was just excited to like get any sort of income. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend to someone who is wanting to get started with maybe like a coaching business, but yeah. has no idea where to start?
2: Yes, okay. So, wow, this is a question that I get all of the time. Um I'm going to start by saying there's obviously several steps that you can take to begin. I would start with your platform to to really just talk about the bare bones. I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you know they come to me like I need to grow my following so that I can get clients. Well the thing that you need to do is you need to focus on the people that you already have and nurture the crap out of them. And what it really breaks down to is just educating your audience. I think more people who want to be coaches need to posture themselves as coaches. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times they don't do that. They focus on, you know, what's on Instagram right now, swipe videos. That's awesome. But, you know, are people going to save those and then understand your personality and want to work with you as a coach? Most mm-hmm. likely not. So I would say the biggest thing, the biggest first step is focusing on content. It's going to come down to you providing value for free so that people can understand, you know, what kind of level that you can educate on because then they'll kind of question, you know, wow, if this is what their Instagram's like. I wonder what their coaching program is like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the biggest first step I think just really comes down to the, your Instagram or Facebook, because some people are on Facebook, um, you know, comes down to your Instagram or Facebook page itself and focusing on just education and free value.
1: Yes. And I think the biggest thing with pulling clients and pulling, you have to pull interest and trust and you're not going to get right. trust from people. If you're just like posting your selfies or like peach emojis in your description, like yeah. cool. Like everybody has a butt. Um, right. You have to be producing value. And I know for myself and my coaching business, like my, my parents were telling me you're giving too much, like you're giving too much for free. Um, people aren't going to want to purchase a service from you. If you're just giving away so much. And I'm like, I want to give so much where my potential client is wondering, wow, she gives this much for free. What is she going to offer when I'm actually right. invested in her?
2: Right. And that, and the thing is that the answer to that question is going to be your time. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of coaches don't understand is that something that's priceless. There's not another you out there. You know, when someone is purchasing your service, they are paying for your time. Um, and obviously your knowledge, but you can give on the forefront and, you know, more time with you, obviously, just means more knowledge, more value, and more education.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, Kendall, um, how old are you again? So, I'm 21. Okay, so she's super young, guys. <laughs> Very young to be <laughs> in this like, coaching space and so successful. You should be so proud of yourself. Thanks, girl. Um, but what would be your advice to, like, a young entrepreneur someone who feels like they need to go to college and have like more of a traditional route or the quote unquote safe route because you're someone Mm -hmm. who's gone against, um, the typical, I guess, road to success. Aren't you also from the Midwest as well?
2: So I'm actually from the East coast. I'm from the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania.
1: So Yes,
2: I understand.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm from Ohio. So I feel like we were just kind of told to go to school get a safe job and that's life.
2: yep. Exactly. So traditional. Um, And I won't lie, like all of my friends from college, or all of my friends from high school, that's exactly what they did. Um, And, wow, it was kind of hard for me to make this decision. So I competed when I was 18 years old, and I was in my freshman year of college, I did the traditional thing, like everyone else, I actually went to community college. I'm super grateful I went to community college, because I think if I would have gone to university, I would have been too nervous to drop out. Um, basically what happened was I kind of told both of my parents like, Hey guys, look like I really, I was already making like a little bit of money with online coaching and I was in school to do exercise science and I didn't plan on going clinical route. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Be a personal trainer. I can do that without a degree, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think if you know it in the back of your head, like, wow, I like, I know that I can do this entrepreneur thing. You have to not focus on what everyone around you is saying, because there are plenty of people who are like, you are so stupid for dropping out of school, Um, especially because I did really well in high school and a lot of people expected me to go and, you know, get a degree and do the thing that everyone else does. Um, But put it this way, like, I now have my own free time and I'm not limited on how much money I can make or how many people I can help because it's up to me however hard I work that's how much money I'm going to make. And that's how many more clients I'm going to get. And that's how many more lives I'll change. So if you're someone out there struggling with the fact that it's what everyone else is doing, like, why do you want to fit in? You know, I didn't want to fit in. And I think anyone who's an entrepreneur knows that. And so, you know, break the traditional route. I see it all the time now. Like I invested in a business mentorship last year, uh, a mastermind actually, that went really well for me. Um, and I was like, wow, all of this information that I'm learning in, what, like three months? I mean, mm-hmm. it was a six-month-long program, but I think I learned the majority of it in, in three all of this stuff I'm learning in three months is directly correlated to the success I'm going to have in my business. And I don't have all the fluff, you know, like the psychology or like the philosophy classes. I even have like (laughs) a women's stuff. I literally had a women's studies class my first year of college and I was an exercise science major. Like, you know, obviously you want, you want to be well-versed you want to be worldly and cultured, but at the same time, I'm like, can we cut out me paying, you know, a thousand dollars for this? For this few credits or whatever, it's like, you know, I think that if there's so many other non-traditional routes to be educated nowadays, that people are so hesitant to invest in. And I'm like, dude, this program costs three to five K and it's literally going to help you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Whereas you're terrified to pay 60 grand or where you're not terrified to pay like 60 grand to go to school for a year. You know, it's just, it's just, think, think smarter. You know, people say like work, work smarter, not harder. Um, And I think that's like our generation. It's like the new thing to live by because um, I just think you're going to be propelled by people who are doing what you want to be doing rather than investing in traditional education. And don't get me wrong. I don't knock traditional education. I know plenty of people with marketing and business degrees who have an amazing coaching business, but um, I think if you're not going to take a traditional career like nursing or doctor or lawyer or something like that, you don't necessarily have to go to college. I think it's kind of just like delayed onset adulthood.
1: Um, for Fuck, a lot of yes. You <laughs> right? literally like, just took the words out of my mouth. Yes.
2: It's like, hi, can we just start adulting a little hey, earlier? We just like, like
1: stop drinking so much. Like, Jeez.
2: Nicole, shit, dude. Like, I would literally be in my junior year of college. Like, yeah. what? I live in the middle of like San Diego, California, and I hang out with my friends, like, and I get to, you know, work online. Like, It's the coolest thing ever. And I think a lot of people just have to break the tradition.
1: Yeah. And it it got so frustrating for me. Um, So I'm 24 and I, I do have my degree and Mm -hmm. I tell my parents now, I'm like, this is such a waste of money because I'm paying on my student loans. And my goal Mm -hmm. is to like be completely paid off um, by the time I'm like 25, which I went to a private school. So traditional education is expensive Let's talk about private schools. 44K a year. Yep. Wow, that's insane. For a liberal arts degree. And I'm Uh very passionate about my hate
2: for college. um, (laughs)
1: Because because my parents, they wanted me to go. And I told them, and this did hurt their feelings. And I do love them. But I told them, you wanted me to go to school for you guys. And for your ego. Because you couldn't handle you know explaining why your kid didn't go to school because that's Mm -hmm. embarrassing for your parents and so if you feel like like
2: in in a community like I mean I'm I'm assuming you were probably brought up in a community very similar to mine where most people just go and get the college degree
1: yeah I mean I started out with pre-pt and people thought I was so smart the fact that I was gonna become a physical therapist which I'm so thankful I didn't fucking do that because I hate (laughs) my life yeah And I I started my coaching business when I was 19 in undergrad, like literally doing client plans in my lectures. And I would like argue with my professors. I'm like, you realize like I'm not going to need to know like the torque of a certain body movement for my client. Mm -hmm. Like this is such a waste of time. And I, I, I couldn't bite my tongue anymore. And I feel like if you feel the need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on an education to get quote unquote cultured, why don't you take that money and just travel?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's so true. Yeah, it's I agree like that completely.
1: we look at it like monopoly money when we should just use it to invest in ourselves. And yeah. I invested in a business coach myself and it was like a couple grand. And when I told my dad that he's like, wow, like what a waste. I'm like, you realize you spent thousands of dollars for me to take like a stupid class called entrepreneurship. Yeah, like that, that was a waste. <laughs> Because right, why am I exactly. learning entrepreneurship from someone who hasn't owned a business and they're just a professor?
2: Yep, exactly. Yeah. You want to be investing in people who are, like I said, doing what you want to be doing
1: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what brought you, I'm going to kind of turn a little bit and yeah, don't course. laugh at me for <laughs> pronouncing jujitsu. Wait, I think I did it okay. right. There we go. Yes, you got it, girl. What brought you into that?
2: Yeah, so I was dating somebody when I moved to California, moved to Los Angeles, and he was competing in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And you know, I used to go watch the sport. And then we actually moved to sort of a place down here in San Diego called Autos uh, HQ, the headquarters of Autos Jiu Jitsu. And it is one of the leading academies in the world for Jiu Jitsu. Just so happens to be here in San Diego. So we were like, you know what, we love San Diego. He wanted to train down here. We're like, let's move. So moved down to San Diego. He actually stopped training. Uh, as frequently but I would go and watch uh, we're not together anymore which funny story after we broke up I actually ended up uh, not going to the gym obviously because I wasn't there to watch anybody and a few people from the gym reached out to me they're like girl like where have you been because um, I met people you know sitting there watching for a little over a year I even had a client I even picked up a client while I was at the gym um, at the jiu-jitsu gym and she was like girl you just need to try this so I was like you know what I feel really empty nothing's filling my cup I was in a really depressed state uh, at this point going through like the breakup and, you know, moving out by myself. Um, And I didn't share too much of it. I just kind of put myself in isolation and I was like, I just need something new. Um, And I basically found a family when I went to jujitsu. I found a love for intuitive eating because at this point I had been tracking macros for five years and I was like, whoa, like I, there's no way you can track when you're training this much And, you know, it varies day to day, all these different variables. So it really changed a lot of my perception about everything I was doing. And I met some like, oh, my gosh, just incredible, incredible people. And I just not to shoot my own horn. But you know, like a lot of the people there were like, wow, like, you're going to be really good, just keep training consistently. And um, eventually, I became really obsessed. And I started competing. Um, And I've done really well at all my competitions. Thus far, I've only been training for five months. But it has just like completely shifted everything in my life. Um, so, yeah, just kind of started with a free trial for a week at the gym and then got really, really hooked on it.
1: What a good way to transfer your energy from that competitor mindset into more of an athlete again. Yeah, it was
2: it was a great transition. I really missed like functional like being more functional and honestly like I was winded walking up the stairs before I started oh my gosh. So, literally it was I mean I feel like I, no matter how healthy you are stairs are always the death of people that's but, why I mean, my
1: apartment's on the first floor
2: yeah blame cool. that's why I use the elevator <laughs> but yeah I mean I just like I really then found a coach who actually works uh or actually trains at autos trains jiu-jitsu he's a purple belt And he has a program to train athletes to basically enhance their jiu-jitsu. So my lifting then went from training for aesthetics with a lot of hypertrophy style work to max strength. So my workouts are literally I, I, I weight train four days a week. And I basically do two lower body movements, a push and a pull movement, and then an accessory movement. So my goal is to just really lift as heavy as possible. um, And, you know, take adequate rest time so I can push more weight and focus on progressive overload so I can be better at Mm jujitsu. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, honestly, Nicole, the difference I've seen in my body is like, I'm, I'm no longer obsessing over food or meal timing or anything like that. Um, it's really easy to just eat when I'm hungry and know that I have another training session. So I should probably get some carbs in, you know, I just trained, so I should eat some protein like it's really shifted my mindset towards food as well as my body. Like I personally think for myself, um, I don't like mirror check and stuff as often, but I honestly think I have one of the best physiques I've had to date in my entire life, and I've cared about it the least amount. Um, and I think just transitioning to a performance sport has really done that for me, which has been incredible. And don't get me wrong, though, you know, like, with my clients and stuff, like, we obviously still work towards aesthetics with them, because that's the goal that they have specifically for themselves, as well as lifestyle. Um, but yeah, in terms of my own life, like, it's really, really shifted my mindset around a lot of things.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is I tell my clients, the body goes where the mind goes. And mm-hmm. I think when we're so hyper focused on losing weight, or Looking a certain way, it's like you're never going to achieve that because you're so hyper focused on that one thing instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, I have energy today, or wow, my Mm -hmm. cravings are down because I'm actually feeling my body properly. And for myself and like my reverse side, because I did compete this year, and after my body not being responsive after years and years of prepping, I learned my lesson and Mm -hmm. I'm taking time off, and now I'm like, shoot, I want something different to do, and for me, I used to be a gymnast, so I'm kind of looking in the area, like the Florida area, to find a place where I can train, like, an athlete again, even, like, one to two times a week, and just play around and feel, feel like an athlete that's not so focused on my body. Yeah,
2: I have plenty of friends who, like, jumped into, like, you know, F45 classes, or those, like, was like less mills, like um, you know, hit classes and stuff like that, just to train a little differently. Which you know, every once in a while, super awesome to do. Um, and I think it kind of re-sparks your love for fitness in a different way. So um, yeah, I definitely encourage like anyone who kind of feels lost in their fitness journey or anything like that. Definitely just trying to start something new. You know,
1: mm-hmm. brings
2: new uh, new passions.
1: So, Kendall, I'm pretty sure you can agree with me that you don't have to be a competitor to start your fitness business, right?
2: Oh, never. Not at all.
1: Yeah. I hope our listeners realize that competing doesn't bring you more clients or is the reason why you should start a fitness business either.
2: Yeah, let me tell you, Nicole, Just and for your audience, just one thing. My business, this is so crazy, two big reasons why, I think my business was the worst that it ever was last year when I went into competition mode. And I think the biggest reason why is because nobody can relate to that unless you're another competitor. And if you're another competitor, you're working with a prep coach. So I think a lot of people would much rather see you thrive, Mm
0: -hmm. would much
2: rather see you, you know, um, kind of just live in a space that is relatable. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, my business did worse because of the way that I looked or anything like that. I think it was also, I'm just tired on prep. Just like, slow. I, have, <laughs> I just didn't have the energy to like sign clients, you know, and I was like, wow, I don't know if this is really worth it, which is honestly one of the main reasons that I quit competing. Like I decided at the beginning of this year that I just wasn't going to prep again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying like, if you do prep, it's going to take away from your business. I just let it for myself personally um but yeah I think you you definitely do not have to be a competitor to start a business you don't even have to really be in the realm of fitness you could literally create a business for anything you're passionate about nowadays um that's the magic of the internet
1: so absolutely and people want to see you happy and see you thriving and when I stopped my prep um this year which I was gonna keep going to like North Americans but I actually just ended my prep two weeks early and did like a regional show and I'm like yep I'm fucking done with this oh my Um, gosh I bet it was a 28 week long prep my body just stopped responding like in May and I was still going I was like maybe if I work a little harder and it was like my friends were starting to notice that my energy just wasn't the same that I wasn't the same um and it was so funny Just two weeks post-show, I got so many DMs of people saying, wow, you're glowing. And just, like, random people at the gym would be like, you're glowing. You look so happy. Like, what happened? I'm like, I'm not dieting right now. (laughs) Like, I took a break, and I'm so focused on, like, my business and my clients that, like, I felt so selfish to keep prepping. I'm like, prepping for what? (laughs) Yeah, you know,
2: it's the best compliment ever, Nicole, when someone's like, you look so healthy oh I'm doing something right like it feels so good when someone says that yeah
1: and I think both you and I relate to like being in that unhealthy state before and now we have so much gratitude Mm -hmm. and understand like how wonderful it is like feel healthy and feel strong
2: yeah yeah I'm super I think we can both agree like so grateful for going through with it though like it changes a lot about your mindset it shows you discipline you know Shows you can be an extremist. I think it's just a reflection of like personality type for sure. Um, But how you do one thing is how you do all things, you know? So people who can prep usually can have amazing businesses because they have that Mm -hmm. determination and that mindset. That
1: workaholic in us. (laughs) Pretty much. I can relate so hard. So Kendall, um, I wanted to end the podcast with some advice for you, like the younger version of yourself. Um, And how that could benefit like a younger listener listening to this or even like the girl who's wanting to start her business, who's really resonating with you and just is kind of stuck.
2: Yeah, okay. I love this because, wow, there's so many things I wish I could tell my younger self, but I'm going to go with my business um, or anyone out there looking to start a business because I got really freaking lost last year, my age 19 to like 20 and a half. Um, I just was a workaholic, I had no structure in my business. Um, It was doing absolutely amazing. You know, I was a six multiple six figure business my my first year, which is awesome. But I literally lost a relationship because of this. I literally had no life, I was in isolation. And it's not worth it. It's simply not worth it. Because this year, I almost rebelled and completely swung the other way. And almost had resentment towards my business because of what it did for my my life and my lifestyle. So what I can say is to anyone, especially young entrepreneurs, if you are looking to start an online coaching business, please start with some kind of systems or structure or take the initiative to invest in some kind of program, some kind of coach, because I guarantee you if you do that, you're starting off on the right foot and the return on investment is going to be tenfold. And that's something I wish I would have done because I didn't invest in my first coach until a year and a half into my business. And while I made all of that money, money is not everything. It didn't make me happy. It made me the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I know a lot of people when they say starting off, like I can't invest in the coach, like I haven't made money yet. And I'm not saying this because I'm a business coach at all. I don't care if you invest in another business coach like if you do your research and find someone who's way more compatible for you that's amazing but just get some systems in place so that you can actually have time for yourself throughout the day don't spend 12 hours a day working for your own business to grow it because that's unrealistic as fuck and like it's not it's not even gonna pay off in the long run Um, i was one of those people i'm not sure if you can relate nicole but i was one of those people who was like if i wasn't working i felt guilty Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it's normal I think a lot of young entrepreneurs feel like that so give yourself grace in your business and I would just say re- be really smart when you first start off and just try to create systems from the get-go so that you don't find yourself doing tedious tasks all the time and being super busy all the time because um, if you're young and you're an entrepreneur like you want to be able to make money but you won't be able to go out and spend it and have fun and um, you know get more clients but not overwhelm yourself so yeah that would be my advice to my younger self
1: I think that's really awesome advice and I want our listeners to know like if you're nervous to invest in yourself and invest in a coach like I hate to break it to you it's probably because you fully don't believe in yourself and you're Mm -hmm. going to have to really fucking believe in yourself if you want to run a business and I think every business owner goes through the feeling of like having everything taken away from you in a day or like waking up and having everything be gone. Um, I know for myself, like that's always a big fear of mine. It's like everything I have is going to be gone one day. And I think that's just coming from the poor scarcity mindset that I have. Um, And so a lot of times when I'm feeling the burnout, I have to take a step back and really ask myself what do I need do I need an extra day off do I need to end the day and do some self-care do I need to hire like what's going on um Mm -hmm. and I recently just like hired on because I was getting to the point of like thank you and I was getting to the point of just feeling burnt out and feeling like I was constantly working and never doing anything for myself and now I really like set some clear boundaries for myself on like there's no working on Saturday. We're going to the beach on Saturdays. And Ooh. we are taking more time for us to recharge so we can really push forward in our business. And again, if you're passionate about it, you're going to be successful. So, love it. That's um, awesome, girl. Thank, thank you. You too. Thank you. Um, and then, last thing, Kendall, do you have any sponsors or anyone you want to shout out in um, Beyond the McKinney radio today? Of course, I do. I'm going to shout out
2: my two top sponsors. Actually, I'm going to go for three. One is going to be my meal prep company. If you guys are entrepreneurs, I'm going to tell you that's some advice I wish I would have given myself. <laughs> Y'all, invest in a meal prep company. Okay. You save, you forget to eat when you become an entrepreneur sometimes, no matter how into fitness you are. So, Meal Prep Kings is where I get all my meals every single week. Super affordable if you're in the SoCal area. They only ship in SoCal. Um, so, shout out to them. Shout out to Alphalete, my. Clothing sponsor, we have a launch coming up this Saturday. I saw that. Oh girl. I am living for it. And then also shout out to my supplement sponsor, Ghost Lifestyle. Um, ever since honestly, hopping into entrepreneurship, like I said, it is very hard to take care of your nutrition. So, you know, just focusing on at least optimizing your health by getting in your supplements is super important. So shout out to them for always keeping me in line. Um, and those are the
1: three I wanted to give a shout out to. So thank you guys. Well, thank you so much again, Kendall. And then guys, if you're wanting to follow her, she does have her own podcast, um, a YouTube channel and her Instagram as well. So go check out Kendall. Um, All of her links will be down in my description. And thank you again. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole.
0: Okay, guys. So if you are enjoying Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would really love if you could share my podcast up on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Beyond the Bikini Radio has been up for almost a year. And you guys know that I share a variety of content. Not only do I talk about mental health, physical health, competing, but other areas too with women's health interviewing guests, interviewing bikini competitors. If you're wanting me to continue doing Beyond the Bikini radio, I would just love to see some love back and you sharing the podcast. It makes me so happy seeing you guys enjoy it. And it gives me a better idea of what type of content you guys are enjoying and what episodes you want me to cover in the future or what topics resonated with you. So again, thank you for being a Beyond the Bikini radio listener and keep on listening.